Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song lyric by lyric. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to our penultimate last episode. Well, no, penultimate episode. That's fancy. Do you know what that means, Erin? I'm assuming it means finale. Second to last, because we have one more after this to wrap up. Right. Okay. Because I was going to say, wait, we have one more. So it's the penultimate. Well, hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Morgan. And we are the Swifterhood, as you heard in the intro. And I'm assuming you're not picking up for the first time at this episode, so you know us already. <laughs> the, the person chooses to listen to the very last episode. <laughs> I think I'm going to try episode 12 first. These are the only ones, the only songs I like from Taylor Swift. Just these two. <laughs> Just Superstar and Untouchable. There were bonus tracks. <laughs> This imaginary person has weird opinions. Please, if it is you, though, hit us up because we'd really like to know who you are. Yeah. I do want to say this is nice, like sitting closer to you. It is, even though this um, egg crate is still in my face. But at least I can see one of your eyes. (laughs) I can see both of yours. Is it my glasses? No, it's just the angle that you're at. Oh, gotcha. Did I ever tell you that I've had this recurring dream every year on Christmas Eve? Every year on Christmas Eve, you have the same dream? Yeah. No, you did not tell me those. And it involves an egg crate. Okay. You know those- Go on. Egg crate mattresses? Yeah, we've talked about them in the past because that's what this microphone thing looks like. Yeah, it does. My dream is that my whole family is really tiny and we're driving across an egg crate mattress in in the Scooby-Doo van. Okay. And then we find this one building and our tire pops- And there's only one building on the mattress. And we go in there. I go in there with my dad. And while we're in there, we end up getting a little lost. And then there's some murderer or person chasing us. And we hide in these bathrooms. But we can see under the bottom. So it doesn't seem that secure. (laughs) But when we're in there, we find this door and we open the door and we go in there and it's this closet. It's a really long, well, it's a pantry, I guess. It's a really long pantry and the food never runs out. So we have the bathroom and we have the food and we're just stuck in there and we're just waiting on this guy to give up trying to kill us. Where's the rest of your family? Outside in the Scooby-Doo van, my brother and mother. Um, Uh, Brother and mother. (laughs) But I'm just confused as how your brain tells you to have this dream. I don't every Christmas know. Eve. I don't know. Maybe you're like secretly scared of Santa Claus, and that's who's chasing you. Uh-huh. It, it, no, it's like it doesn't look like Santa. Like he's a person with a knife. Yeah, no, <laughs> like a bad man. <laughs> Do you want to know how it ends? Yes. Okay. So uh, finally, one day we're pulling out some food, and we see another tiny little door. <laughs> And it leads to the outside, and we have to jump down, but it's fine because it's a mattress. <laughs> and we jump down, and my mom and my brother are like, so we found we walked to some gas station, which I don't know how or where, because it's on the mattress in my old house of my parents' room. Like, okay. it's that specific room. So I guess the world is just their bedroom. I don't know. And they're like, we mm, found a tire. Deep. We're ready to go. And then we leave. How long were you in the pantry before you found that second door? Like a month at least, probably. Like a long time. In the dream, it's like it's almost like a super cut 
<laughs> it's just like footage of us living in that pantry for a long time. What did your mother and brother do for food? I don't Since know. They were not in that pantry with you. They were not. I guess when they walked to the gas station. And also nobody talked about how long we were gone. Did anyone ever find the guy that was chasing you? No, we just jumped out the building and left. <laughs> so on Christmas Eve, um, <laughs> think of me because I'm going to be having that weird dream. <laughs> and I had crate mattresses. Have you ever had a recurring dream? Yeah, but it stopped back when I was a lot younger. I used to have – so it wasn't really a dream. It was one of those like um, images that was recurring. So okay. it was like – this image would just show up in all of my dreams. Yeah. And it was a shadow figure that was the shape of the um, bad guy from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Okay. Did you ever see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? No. Well, maybe. Maybe one episode. No, it's not. not really. It's not a TV show. It's, it's a not. movie. Oh, so, so no. <laughs> well, the bad guy in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I don't know why my parents let us watch this when we were younger because looking back on it, it's frightening but What's the bad it about it's a so it's um dick van dyke uh -huh. and another famous woman from that era that oh. i can't remember and these two kids and there's a car chitty chitty bang bang that um turns from a car to a boat to an uh, airplane essentially it sounds fantastic and i can't remember like so they enter they enter into this world but anyway the bad guy in this world is a child snatcher and he drives around in these this car this like almost like a ups van and snatches children and brings them th to this underground place and it's horrific he had this top hat on and this really long nose and so his shadow would always show up in my dreams and it would freak the fuck out of me yeah yeah you can say it <laughs> go for it we're Morgan. rated ex explicit right <laughs> yeah we have that freedom um, but that's the only reoccurring thing I have. That is terrifying, though, that movie plot. I guess I'm wondering if this movie was made during the time when they were really trying to educate kids about, like, hey, strangers, don't talk to them. No, and no. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang's a classic, Erin. Like, it's like a Mary Poppins classic. It's like one of right. those musicals that people watched. Yeah. And was, like, not. Is there a song? There's that Chitty Chitty. Hey, Chitty. Oh, Chitty 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 Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We love you. Yeah, oh, okay. Like yeah. I'm, like I'm saying, maybe I've seen it. I was thinking it was a TV show, but no. Anyways, that was a very interesting intro that you, we have yet to... Uh, so you just used to have, like have randomly have that image pop up in your dreams as like the person that was going to come for you? It was just... It, I don't think it was ever established that this person was coming for me. It just was established that his presence was in my dream. No matter what I was dreaming about, he could he could appear. That's terrifying. Yeah, it was. Just in case you're all wondering, he no longer appears in my dreams. Aww. So whatever demon that was, I have you combated. Have conquered it. <laughs> and, and conquered. Um, was it before or after CrossFit? You think CrossFit just helped you get, <laughs> no, <laughs> get I confident? I didn't start CrossFit until 2016. And I can um, very easily say that this dream went away probably sometime in my teen years. Yeah. I was just thinking when you said 2016, my brain was like, that's a bad year. No yeah. wonder you started a new exercise to manage stress. But also I was thinking, I can't believe you went to the gym in this pandemic, like, which I also know that's an important like physical need and you people need to do that. Well, I didn't for... But that was 2016. Yeah. I, my brain is thinks we've lived in this for... 
Oh, ever. Yeah. No. I'm so confused. You are very confused. <laughs> How long have we been doing this pandemic? Well, on that note, we just want to do a plug that now that the Delta variant is alive and soaring through our country and the world, the best combat, the best way to conquer this nightmare <laughs> to tie it all together mm-hmm. is to just get vaccinated. So that's our plug for vaccination. Just go get vaccinated. Get the shot. Get the jab, get the shot, get the injection, however I you want to refer it to it. It was so good. It was so liberating, yummy. right? It was delicious. <laughs> And you get a cool little card that you can carry around in your wallet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your, you know. Um, your passport in, in to the... normality. <laughs> yeah. You could say that. <laughs> that works. Not what I was going to say. I think what's going to happen soon is they'll probably ask people to get a booster shot mm-hmm. for the variant. And so it's just frustrating because it feels like. We were almost there. Yeah, we were so close. And then people who have been like trying really hard to be careful and then got vaccinated or it's like, all right, we'll go get this booster. We'll put our masks back on. But like, if we can like get like 80% of us to get vaccinated, then we can stop doing this fucking pandemic. Yeah, I know. It is. It's, I mean, I hate to laugh, but it seems to be the only emotion I can, uh, I can handle right now. I was so excited to get mine. Oh, me too. Yeah. My brother said when he, so he's at this factory and they brought people in to do the the vaccine. I can, I not talk. And there was a line and there were people that were like, I don't think I want to do this. And my brother was like, okay. And then like stepped in front of them to like move up in line. (laughs) He he was like, you can go to the back then and think about it. He was just trying to get up there as quick as he could. Yeah. I mean, I was, I emailed our local health uh, department multiple times because I, because this was back in February that I was reaching out to her and like four people in my office ended up getting it. And um, we got into this huge argument because she let other offices in our area get it before us. And I went in and was like, we're the ones that are going into the jails. We're the ones that are meeting with clients face to face every day. Um, And yet you let other offices go before us. And then we had an appointment the next day. Yeah. Because I told her I was going to write to the paper. Oh, wow. Damn, girl, use that voice. Yeah, um, that was why we were going to start with the Folklore Evermore, but we couldn't get together to record because Morgan was so high risk yes. and we just couldn't do it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's good to start wearing a mask again. But why don't we get vaccinated? Why don't we jump right into <laughs> so depressing episode 112, Untouchable and Superstar. And for that listener out there that these are your favorite songs, please hit us up and let us know why, because these are probably two of my least favorite songs. Yeah. Look, we were just talking about the pandemic and I don't smoke, but I just thought to myself, that makes me want a cigarette. Is that not terrible? It is. And I don't. What makes you want to have a cigarette? Untouchable and Superstar or the freaking pandemic? And I don't even smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Like who I am I that I just had that thought that was so random. Okay. So our topic for our fearless feature is the myth of the American dream because untouchable people in the upper echelon, um, <laughs> you know, Jeffrey Bezos, yeah. people like that. So the myth of the American dream, I'm going to read about it. We'll, see, we'll pause for commentary from our lovely Morgan. That's so much pressure. And then we're going to sort of play a weird little game with it. <laughs> 
So this is an account on Instagram called So You Want to Talk About. So our plug is to go follow them. For the last few times, we've been doing educational stuff instead of donations because... Is this the same account that we used in our last episode? No. Oh, okay. They're different. So you can you know, follow It's really helpful to follow that stuff on you. You just learn casually, you know, you know, you're going to scroll Instagram for a couple of minutes. So might and well I, learn I'm, something. I'm all about the like, short news bursts. Mm-hmm. Like the tell me the tell me the facts in a paragraph or less so that I can feel like I know what's going on without having to spend an hour reading the full paper. Well, that's just sort of where media is headed to. Yeah. Like TV episodes are getting shorter. TikTok, like reels, all of it. Tic-tac. Tic-tac. All right. Patty Whack, give it all a bone. Okay. (laughs) So the myth of the American dream. Also, don't smoke kids. (laughs) It was not a plug for cigarettes. It was just a weird fucking thing that I said because I'm a weirdo and my brain apparently thinks I'm a smoker. You also go back like three thoughts. Every time. Well, I just was like, oh, shit. I'm not encouraging people to smoke. It was just some weird shit I said. But we are encouraging people to get vaccines. The end. Yay. Okay, so what is the American dream? It's, like, kind of hard to read in this little egg crate. I can only see with one of my eyes. (laughs) It's the only eye I can see, too. The American dream, in theory. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Oh, fuck, Morgan, you make me laugh so hard. Okay. The American dream, in theory, is the idea that anyone in the United States of America can prosper. (laughs) Would you like? I can't stop laughing. I can only (laughs) read this with one eye. Can you read it? Yeah, I'll read it. Okay. You can just cut this out. Okay. Definitely cutting it out. (laughs) The American dream, in theory, is the idea that anyone in the United States of America can prosper. It is the idea that if you work hard enough, you can achieve your dreams. It is the idea that opportunities are equally available to everyone. It is also one of the most enduring myths ever peddled. To promote the American dream as something that can be achieved by anybody is a lie. This country has set up so many obstacles, obstacles that are deeply rooted in racism and classism that must be faced before you could ever even hope to achieve the mythical American dream. This country has been forming these obstacles for centuries. From legislation that was written to oppress others to the ways in which the implementation of that legislation has evolved throughout the years, our government has strategically created a path to success for a limited few. It's important that we all, we are all awakened to the reality that the American dream is not real. Now let's talk. Yeah, so overall, I mean, the American dream starts with the idea that you can come to the United States come from a boat to, you know, Ellis Island, and you can work your way from the ground up from rags to riches, right? And be as successful as your neighbor. So for people listening who maybe don't know what that even is, that's basically what it is. Like, you can be as successful as you like. So I mean, I think I feel like we've talked about, um, you know, things put in place in systems that oppress people before on the show, right? Right. So this is kind of just like a another example of the systems that have been put in place that um, prevent people from achieving that elusive American dream. Yeah, it's much harder to escape the cycle of poverty than people want you to think. Like, 
you know, and you could talk about the bootstraps narrative with that too, which the phrase was originally pull yourself up by the bootstraps was meant to be ironic because it's physically impossible to do. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's used as an argument that, you know, like people can just pull themselves out of a bad situation and that they're being lazy or not hardworking enough. Well, because I think, I think what people um, like to latch on when they use that as an argument is that you're always going to know someone or know someone that knows someone that has an anecdote where they, you know, defied the odds and were able to, quote, pull themselves up from their bootstraps, unquote. But that one anecdote doesn't is not representative of the entire world. And I think that that's what a lot of politicians love to use are these anecdotes that like, hey, I know my neighbor did this, this, and this, so why can't everyone else do this, this, and this? But that's just absolutely not the case, and there's data to to back everything up Mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, and there's factors why that person might have succeeded. They maybe had a mentor or some form of privilege that helped them get there. Or just plain old luck. Yeah, sometimes that happens too. Yeah. Okay, so follow So You Want to Talk About so you guys can keep learning and – uh, I'll do this plug at the beginning, too, in case you don't make it to the end. <laughs> um, if you want to support the show, you can go to our Buy Us a Coffee, which ours is Buy Us a Whiskey. On, it's linked in the podcast. And so moving on into this episode, I am so excited, Morgan. I'm tr- going to try and blow your mind. So I just want to preface this by saying I showed up to record this <laughs> this podcast episode and Aaron was like, so I was talking to Gabe, and I have this announcement about Taylor that I want to tell you, um, and he wanted to be here Gabe's for Gabe's my it. husband. Yeah, sorry. You all forgot. <laughs> and, and he wanted to be here for it, but um, I think we just decided since we're getting into it, he's not going to be, oh, shoot, I put it on our, our script, so now I have to find some Post-its to cover it up. So now I'm sitting here, like, dying to know what these this these facts and this, like, thing that's going to blow my mind is, and I have a feeling <laughs> that my reaction might disappoint Aaron, but I will try. <laughs> oh, no. And so I can't remember if I've already told you, but I think I remember thinking to myself when I found it out, hold on to this nugget, Aaron. Do not tell Morgan. Wait, it'll be better on the show. And it's really funny because it's great that she probably knows that I didn't find out on my own because I don't dig into those. Well, that's what yeah, cause my husband, Gabe, yeah, he was like, how do you know she doesn't know? And I was like, well, I don't 100 percent, but she's on the Internet less often And And if I had found out, I probably would have texted you if it's that big. Okay. Well, but it might just be like a thing you've always known and you're like, oh, fucking duh. Okay. Well, we'll find out. We'll see. So um, first, do you want to start with your OG connection to the song? Is it the same? It's the same. I'm not going to give you the rundown. I mean, I think I said on the last episode that both of these songs I have a lot of new appreciation for, which we can kind of get into um, and yeah, I may have new appreciation for them just because I never really listened to them the first go around. There's still songs that I I tend to skip. Ooh, I don't now. I'm like really, really into these more than some of the other Fearless songs just because like the other ones are like overdone or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I've listened to them so much. So these feel like new ones. New. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to read this info here. Oh, Untouchable was originally sung by Luna Halo a rock band formed in 1999 by Nathan Barlow and Johnny McIntosh. Taylor covered the original, originally upbeat rock song as a slow and soothing ballad on the platinum version of her sophomore album, Fearless. It's the 15th track on Fearless. I did not know that. Didn't know. She did not write this. 
Wow. She did not write this song. That's crazy. I've and I've just found this out a couple months ago. But it, it's we and we can talk about it when we get to the lyrics, but like it seems like it was written by Taylor. It it does. Like I would I read the lyrics and I wasn't like Oh, this seems a bit off. So now I think we need to pause so I can play you a clip because I, you know, copyright and I don't know legal stuff. And I don't know this kind of legal stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to pause it and I'm going to play a clip of the song for Morgan and then we'll come right back. And we suggest, okay, what we said at the beginning of the season, I hope you all do before you listen to the episodes. It's good if you listen to the songs. Just to refresh your recollection. Yeah, but pause it as well and go look up Luna, L-U-N-A, Halo, H-A-L-O, Untouchable, and go listen to it, okay? We'll meet you back here in... In five. I was going to say 13 minutes. That's a long time. (laughs) I'm in position. When you said that, it sounds like in position. I I, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I'm imposing. (laughs) Well, hello. We are back. That was crazy. Maybe I'll have put some little music in that break. So, you know, or maybe I won't. It's confusing. <laughs> so, yeah, Morgan, what did you think of the original version? I mean, it definitely doesn't sound like Taylor. It's a, a rock. It sounded like a Guitar Hero song. <laughs> <laughs> so when I told Gabe this earlier, I played him the original version and he was like, I like the original version so much better. Of course he did. I think she ruined it. And I was like, whoa. I was like, okay, I can tell that you're fucking with me and I'm trying to decide how much to engage. And he was like, that's probably smart. (laughs) You're on to me. And I was like, yeah, you're just, you know, he thinks it's funny to be like, blah, 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 Taylor Swift. Yeah. I will say, though, that the other day he was like, I think you might be making me start to hate taylor swift Uh oh he was like because it's literally all i hear and then you walk around singing it all the time and like it's just like i know so many of the lyrics and i don't even want to like it's (laughs) yeah like david said the same thing but he was uh lately i've been out of my taylor swift groove i've been listening to like some throwbacks from my high school and early college years oh, wow i know i put on like a spotify does one of those like radio station things you know where you can put in a song and then they'll do a radio um station like i just said based on that song and right it's, it's been pulling up like all of my oldie book goodies and it's been a really nice uh like me- walk down memory lane however david did say like I mean, every time we got into the car, it was Taylor Swift. Every time you were making food, it was Taylor Swift. I am sick of Taylor Swift. So yeah. I think he's enjoying the break. Yeah. Ugh. It, but it's also when you take a break and it's been we haven't had many breaks because she's given us so much new stuff. Well, right. That's what, this has been my first break since a year ago because you that, forget folklore dropped. Yeah. Yeah. You forget how much other music there is or like oh oops i forgot to support this artist that i actually care about a lot right right (laughs) you know i also want to say this is a actually no i'm going to save this for the last episode okay it's cryptic well i just think that it'll be nice to have like a wrap-up of just like some compilation thoughts right okay so the lyrics are a little bit different than um than the lyrics of taylor's version the luna halo version morgan and i were writing down some of 
the thing, the differences and tweet at us and let you, let you know, let us know what you think of the original version versus the cover. I obviously, I mean, it doesn't have to just be like, which one is better. You could just, you know, say your thoughts, but I think the Taylor version is phenomenal, way better. I mean, but that's probably because A, it's Taylor Swift and B, because you are more used to that, that version. Like, it'd be interesting if you had heard the other one first, what your reaction would have been. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so. I also just don't like people that scream when they sing. So that's my one. I was really into screamo in high school. I was seen. Do you know what that is? It's like punk rock. No. I had like the spiky hair and like you know, spiky belts and Hello Kitty and Screamo bands. It was like a whole thing. Okay. (laughs) Did you not have a punk rock phase? I had a fake punk rock phase. Like, I liked the pop punk Punk rock. Like, I liked the the pop funk rock. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the, like, poppy stuff. Like, Like, All Time Low or, like... Like Blink One Eighty Two. Okay, yes. Like, forget you're older than me. Okay, yeah. yes. My my brother listened to Blink One Eighty Two. I listened to them a, a little bit. Uh, like um, uh, who? Uh, Sum Forty One. Yeah, like yeah. the the pop ones. I feel you. Avril Lavigne was a real vibe. Okay, so her liner note on this was: "We always want what we can't reach." Grass is greener on the other side. Alrighty, uh, untouchable like a distant diamond sky. I'm reaching out and I just can't tell you why. I'm caught up in you. I'm caught up in you. Um, you know, distant diamond sky, twinkle, twinkle, little star. You can't touch it. Nope, never will. I will say the image in the lyric video is really pretty. Maybe Jeffrey Bezos can one day, but. (laughs) He can touch the the distant diamond sky because he's going to go to space. He already did. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I heard about that in the news. It was like. Some rocket ship, people are saying it looked like a penis. (laughs) But don't don't all all rocket ships. ships. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, do you have anything else to say about those three lines? I just can't tell you why. Tell me why in a weird way. Like that kind of goes well with that song. I I think. I don't think it's meant to be correlated at all. I will say that now that you say that this was written by someone else. I can look back and be like, I'm reaching out and I just can't tell you why. When I first heard that lyric, I was kind of like, that's a weird lyric because usually she knows exactly why she's reaching out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Usually she has some method to her madness. Mm -hmm. And that seemed a little bit off for her, but not off enough for me to say this is not Taylor Swift's lyrics, Mm -hmm. but more so like this is her younger lyrics. She's probably, you know, just trying to find something that fits with the stanza. But like, yeah, I just can't tell you why. Like usually even if you're reaching out for something that you want, you have some inkling of why you're doing that. But you might not know like why you're into that person or why you're attracted to them. Yeah, that I mean, that's true. But there's some level like whether it's their smile, whether it's their hair, Right. Whether it's their boots, whether, you know, like there's something that you're reaching for. So I always imagine that this was the song that was this, that this song is also about the same person that Superstar is about. Me too. That's why I, I um, grouped them together. Yes. So Remember, I, whenever I first presented you with this grouping, you were like, why? I don't understand these groupings. But yes. now you understand that there is a method to my madness. Yes. And I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. So. Um, I'm caught up in you is just, you know, an expression for how into the person you are. And then we go into the pre-chorus, untouchable, burning, 
brighter than the sun. Obviously, you can't touch the sun. But the um, the original lyrics from the band was hotter than the sun. Yeah. Uh, I like brighter. Better. Me too. It's it's more Taylor. And it's more – it goes along better with like the sky and stars imagery. And, and the alliteration of burning and bright. And yeah. Brighter. That's true. Yeah. Um, and when you're close, I feel like coming undone. You want to read the original lyric? <laughs> and when you're close – I, I want, want to, to come, come undone. <laughs> undone. <laughs> so, and then I'm like, did she pick this song literally because it says come undone? She loves that. She loves that expression. She does. I can tell that she would just hear this song and love the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Like, that sounds like something she would write. And I do appreciate that Taylor knew this song because you would listen to this song originally and be like, this is not her genre. She listens to a lot of different music. Yeah. Like, which you is, can tell, but that's. Yeah, I respect her for that. It's, why I she's mean, good at stuff. That's why, yeah, that's why she can write the way she does. And, you know, that's all, you know, brilliant artists mm-hmm. can take little pieces of everything so yeah. that they truly understand what makes people tick. And I do think that it makes me respect an artist more when they're able to do so many different genres. And that's something that she's done so well and that Halsey has done really well. And I mm-hmm. love her for that, too. But this expression of this part of the song there's the guy steven on tic tac um (laughs) that i like he has one where he's like taylor swift's mom like andrea realizing listening to untouchable and realizing the sexual undertones (laughs) and and he's just like vibing you can go watch it but he's just like vibing as andrea and then she says i feel like coming undone and he's he's like (gasps) oh (laughs) <laughs> and he just starts doing these like eye motions back and forth. It's really funny. Um, but I do think that this song is pretty sexual, especially having heard the original version now. Oh, yeah, for it's sure. More, more so coming from the after hearing the original yeah. version. Because before Cause it's the like, other stuff, you can kind of take it out like in the context that she's trying to write it in. Right. And well, and you can, it's more undertones, I guess. Yeah. In the original one, you can really tell that that's the vibe. Yeah. So then you get to the chorus, whereas in the middle of the night when I'm in this dream, it's like a million little stars spelling out your name. You've got to come on, come on, say that we'll be together. Come on, come on, little taste of heaven. And in the original one, it's, um, I want to, it's, I want to f- feel you in, oh, sorry, hold on. I'll get to that part later. Oh, is that the wrong page? We're it's sharing. the wrong page. So I did a bad job on our notes. When I printed them, each of us are missing a page. <laughs> so we're so, sharing one. Yeah, we're sharing one of each of the pages we're missing. So yeah, do you have any thoughts on in the middle of the night when I'm in this dream? I, I just think this is beautiful. It is beautiful. I, and actually, my favorite lyric of the song is, it's like a million little stars spelling out your name. Um, because that just kind of, was that in this one or no? Was that in this? Yeah, it is. Great job. (laughs) Um, Because it's kind of like another way of saying the stars are aligning, you know, like when fate allows a seemingly impossible event to occur, you know, like if you see someone's name in stars, like that's fatal stars aligning. Yeah, like it's written in the stars and it's an expression for it's that's beautiful. I just picture it. Like I just picture the image of it. And I think it's so freaking pretty. And it's also wildly romantic and it's weird to hear the rock version of it where it's like it's a still romantic song but it's like just a more aggressively a romantic song (laughs) male version (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. So, and then, you know, like the whole, you've got to come on, come on. Like that's, hmm, sounds pretty sexual. It does. But then she ends up, you know, she says, say that we'll be together. A little taste of heaven, you know, it's, it's sexual. A little tidbit. Middle of the night, you know, Taylor. Okay. So she didn't write it. The next lyric is the one that I'm like, I think this is really sexual. Well, you have to get, let me We're see sharing it. it. It says, I'm half full and I won't wait here all day. You think that's sexual? Maybe I'm just not. <laughs> I mean, like, think about it a little bit. But- okay. Yeah, I guess. But I guess when I hear half full, I'm thinking more like glass half full or half empty or like a an hourglass that's like only halfway done. It's very metaphorical. I don't know that it's meant that way. <laughs> Here I am thinking that Taylor wrote these so that there's right, like right. so much more. Yeah, that's true. If it was her who wrote it. it, it could have meant that. You know what I mean? But like when you hear it from the guy singing it, it just sort of changes the vibe. It's true. It's true. But uh, yeah, I was going to ask you what else you thought that would could mean. Yeah, like I, I thought it could either be like um, it's a they're referring to the optimistic slash pessimistic, like glass half full, glass half empty, like and she's being the pessim or the optimist. She's saying like, you know, I'm gonna keep having the patience to wait for you, but I can't wait all day. You know what I mean? But then there's the hourglass of just like you're running out of time. Oh, oh, that's really pretty. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think Luna, whatever his name meant. <laughs> well, like that's that. not their names. Oh. That's their band. band. Okay. Their names are something else. I forget. We read them earlier. So then the next part is, I know you're saying that you'd be here anyway. And the original lyric was, I know you're saying that I'll be here anyway. So Which I makes guess- a little bit more sense. Like, I'll be here anyway. Like, so kind of if the original lyric is saying like, um, it's half full and I won't wait here all day. It's like, I won't wait here all day and I'll be here, but I'll be here anyway. Right. Yeah. Like I'm still here for you as yeah. opposed to, I know you're saying that you'd be here anyway. anyway. Yeah, It is a bit more confusing that way. Hmm. Okay. And so then it goes through, but you're untouchable, burning brighter than the sun. And now that you're close, I feel like coming undone. What was the original um pre-chorus can you read it because did it say and when you're close when you're close i feel like coming undone okay so the first pre-chorus is like longing showing that you're thinking about this person dreaming about this person the second pre-chorus is now that you're close so they're together at that point i guess and i don't think that that's the um i don't think that was in their original might not have been i didn't write down anything different i don't think it is because i i was paying attention um (laughs) okay (laughs) and earn but so i think that that just goes to show you that you know taylor did put her own spin on it a little bit Mm -hmm. she always likes to like progress in a song she doesn't like to start at the same place she end at the same place she started she likes the storybook method and so here she is telling a story like it started this way and then the second chorus is those are the ones that i love exactly i I always love that so much okay so then we go back into the chorus again and then we're done with our shared paper oh yes okay and and this is where i think it was in the middle of the night waking from this dream i want to feel you by my side standing next to me You've got to come on, come on, say that we'll be together. Come on, come on, little taste of heaven. I think the the original one was I want to feel instead of I want to feel you by my side, it was I want to feel you in the dark lying next to me, not standing next to me. Right. So she made it a little more PG. Yeah. 
That um, is a- I had a misheard lyric in this. I have been singing for years and years. In the middle of the night, we can form this dream. Oh, that's pretty. We can form this dream. Do you see how it sounds like that? Yeah. It actually just happened to me today. I know I've watched the lyric video, but literally today. Well, we know you're not very good at paying attention. (laughs) 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 Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And then we go into the bridge. I'm caught up in you. And this is how it seems like it's not a Taylor song because the bridge is like. Like not a bridge. Fine. You know, perfectly fine. (laughs) (laughs) and back into the chorus again i think it just repeats after that right it does what was your favorite lyric oh i i don't think i wrote one for this one she doesn't pay attention frick i'm getting confused with all my papers i keep shuffling around hold on give me one second oh oh there it there is other lyrics at the end that i didn't see um, because we didn't talk about in the outro when it goes and in the middle of the night when i'm in the stream the original lyrics were in the middle of the night in uh, – oh, and in the damn night oh, when yeah. I'm in this dream. Yeah. So she took out the cuss word. Yeah, because she didn't cuss until uh, until folklore. Well, she did on her um, debut album, and then it was, like, sort of edited out, right? I think – I don't know. You know these facts, not me. <laughs> yeah, that freaking account that I can never think of the name <laughs> where they do the pie charts – I'll put it down for our next episode and you can remind everyone then. Okay, thank you. Uh, Because I've been talking about it all season and forgetting what it's called. We'll just say it was intentional so that we can have it as a big reveal. Okay. Well, the curse word ratio for debut is like, I want to say maybe two. And then it goes to none for several albums after that. Okay. You think Andrea had a talking to her? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think her image. I mean, we saw in the rep documentary, (laughs) right? Okay, okay, okay. I mean, Andrew was fine with her putting this I've never out. seen the Red documentary. Oh, I said Reputation. I said oh, okay. Red. Okay. I, if there's a Red one, I want to see it. I think there's more stuff that I haven't seen. Like, I didn't realize she had the, like, making of Fearless or something. I don't remember No, neither called. did I. Um, and I just saw the 1989 live tour. I had never seen that one. Well, I went to that one. Yeah, well, lucky you. Ooh. Okay, so what did you rank the song? 74 out of 100 come-ons. Okay. Mine is similar. I had um, 72 out of 100 coming undones. Mm. (laughs) We both went with something kind of (laughs) spicy. This one ranked 101 on my, like, that giant survey thing that I filled out. I really need to do that again, but I don't have three and a half hours. For reference, there's 176 Taylor Swift songs, so 101. Okay. Mm. It's fine. Uh, any last thoughts? No, I think I covered them. So are we ready to move on to Superstar? Yes, let's go. All right. I did not originally like this song very much at all. I just thought it was like really boring and basic. Uh, I don't know. And then when I went back, like I said, when I was prepping for Fearless re-release and I started listening to the bonus tracks again, it just struck me as really beautiful that it's just such a sense of like, pure longing yeah i think i think the hardest thing for me about this song is how unrealistic it feels because she herself is a superstar right but i think it's more beautiful now because the song is more layered because she says we can look at him when we get to him more but like she talks about being invisible and him being a big deal right well like 
now that's her. And people probably sing this song sort of about her. Like there are people who she sings them to sleep. Yeah, no, I I mean, yes, I get that. And I think that that's what, I mean, that's the twist on being unrealistic, right? Is that she's now the superstar. So that's why it's like hard to hear her sing about it. Well, and the beautiful part of it is that growth, I think, because it's like she's talking about being a nobody and it's like, now you're the biggest right. body. Right. <laughs> the you're the biggest deal and nobody knows who the F this song is about. I mean, we do. Like I'm gonna tell you a name. But you know what I mean? Like that person is not a big deal compared to Taylor Swift. Like everyone knows who she is. She's the music industry. Yeah. Okay, so this song is about Taylor's celebrity crush and how much she is besotted. Thank you. With him. Although she knows that she will never notice him and she is just a fan of him. Some fans think this song is about Jake Owen because Swift opened for the country singer in 2006. So when she did her debut album, um, she was opening for Jake Owen. Owen has never confirmed these rumors, but her I mean, mention- how like how would Owen confirm these rumors? I don't know. I'm just reading you this stuff from Lyric Genius. Okay, Morgan, shut up. <laughs> Because he wouldn't know it's about him. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how he would. Like, I guess it would be like if they had a relationship, he would know, right? Yeah, but then if they had a relationship, then this song is meaningless. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Okay, so, but uh, her mention of a guitar raises eyebrows. Oh, yeah, because Jake Owen is the only person person who's ever played a guitar. (laughs) 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 My husband plays guitar. Maybe it's about him. Swift details her infatuation as she sings. Okay, we don't really. Yeah, sure. We know that. Um, She changed the line from I can't take my eyes off you to I can't keep my eyes off you for the re-recorded version. That's but just one. Of one them. lyric. Yeah. yeah. Um, The liner note is I'll never tell. So there we have it. She will never tell. Jake Owen cannot confirm this. <laughs> cannot confirm. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, this is wrong, but I can't help but feel like there ain't nothing more right, babe. I do not remember what I was singing previously because (laughs) now I can hear the lyrics, but I know it was not that. (laughs) I just think I was like, yeah, me too. I think I just pretended. (laughs) I think I just pretended to know what the words were too because I was like, I cannot for the life of me remember, which means maybe I was just mumbling. Um, And then Misty Morning, I know I was like Monday morning. I think I said Monday morning. Yeah, I don't know if I don't. Once again, I don't think I've listened to this song enough that I knew what I was singing. But I will say that I lived off of a street called Misty Morning Lane when I was growing up. Ooh. (laughs) So that now that I'm reading this, I was like, oh, I know a Misty Morning. Oh, so that's the street you grew up on. What was your pet's name? What's your mother's name? No, Misty Morning was the street off of. Last four digits of your social security number. I don't know. It was like your pet's name and your street name that you grew up on, right? That's like your porn name. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I was just doing like information to help people hack your shit. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were doing the other thing. I don't know if anyone would do that, though. I think Swifterhood is nice. And I mean, even if you tried, if you did hack that shit, you wouldn't find anything cool yeah. <laughs> or have access to much money. So, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Um, okay, so Misty Morning comes in. Oh, do you have any thoughts on that first opening line other than just we didn't hear it? No, I mean, I do question like that her use of this is wrong. Well, I think it's because he was significantly older. Oh, okay. 
I didn't stop her with John Mayer. <laughs> but at this point, in 2006, how old was she? No, she, this isn't 2006. This is 2008. No, 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 no. She would have written it, like, during her debut album era when uh, they were touring. You know what I mean? Because they come out, like, two years later. Okay. So between 2006 and 2008, we can say. So she's, like, between 16 and 18. Yeah. So she might not even be 18 at the point that she's writing this. And this is like a grown ass man. Like when she was 19 and John Mayer was 32. I mean, yeah. Fair point. But at <laughs> least she was over 18 at that point. Yeah, it, I know. It's barely different. <laughs> I know. That's why I just think that's why I question the this is wrong. Like, I mean, because it's it. also like if you think so, if you I, you know, I. I think the one thing about this song that I do like is that it, the imagery of like being a teenager and having that celebrity crush, she does a good job at capturing it. And I think about the celebrity crushes that I had when I was younger yeah. and I was like eight years old and I Who had JTT they? hanging up on my wall and that was wrong, but I didn't think it was wrong for me to have. Who is that? Oh my God. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is how much older I am than <laughs> I didn't know that was his little nickname. Um, so mine was Hillary Duff. I was well, absolutely in love with her. Oh, I, I was her so much. obsessed with Hillary Duff too. She was like, she was. Her albums were some of my favorite albums. Still <gasps> are so good. So I was good. like, no one understands me. Me I just too. Put my metamorphosis metamorphosis song, <laughs> yeah. album on. Oh my gosh. Some of those lyrics when you go back and sing them are like really bad. Like the, um, the light switch. The the light isn't off. When it isn't on. I know, but I still love it. <laughs> but okay, I love Hillary Duff so much still. I had like over 60 posters of her. Okay, so I didn't have um, posters. And one poster of Zac Efron. <laughs> See, yes, I was too old for Zac Efron. Like I felt like a, like I was rock. Because when High School Musical came out, I was a junior in college. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can't like, he's, he's cute. But all my like campers, because I was a camp counselor that summer. Mm-hmm. All my campers are obsessed with them, and they're like 13 years old. I can't also be obsessed with them. Yeah. I think I was in high school when that came out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I do appreciate that, but I never thought when I was hanging up, like, the posters that yeah. it was wrong of me to be hanging up those posters. Right. So quick question. Did you get your posters from those magazines? Yeah, like, like Teen, Teen Bop and like – Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I was telling someone about that recently and they were like, what are you talking about? Oh my god, They were younger than me. And I, cause I was going to ask you, but then I was like, oh, am I going to like, is she not going to have any idea? No, they're the fold out ones. The fold out ones with like, literally the only reason you buy the magazine is for the posters. It's for the posters. And you would, I would save up my money. I don't know about you. I would like search for quarters in the laundry, by the laundry machine. And then every time that we, I would go to the grocery store with my mom, I'd be like, I'm going to get this. Please, please give me this. (laughs) Please. That's hilarious. See, we do share some some some, some overlaps. Things. Yeah, misty morning comes again, and I can't help but wish I could see your face. Any thoughts? I mean, no, you just always like crickets. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Misty morning comes again, and I can't help but wish I could see your face. Yeah, so I mean, it's just the longing behind it. Um, and then this is a my one of my favorite misheard lyrics, maybe that I've ever had. For years, I was singing. I knew from a personal fate. Me too. <gasps> what? Yes. With the I same have, one? Yes, I have it written down. Look. What? The fuck? what? Yeah. <laughs> 
crazy, right? Personal that is, fate? Yeah, personal fate. I knew from a personal fate. It didn't make sense, but... It didn't make sense. I sang it, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I was like... That's nuts. I, My mind is just blown. I read this, and I was like, oh, I knew from the first note played? Yeah, that makes much more much sense. Much more sense, <laughs> yeah. I was, it was that morning I was in the shower having those all those epiphanies. <laughs> I was like, oh, from the first note played. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Anyways. Wow, what a wild coincidence. Okay. I'd be breaking all my rules to see you. What are her rules? See, that's what I mean. Why is this wrong? What are her rules? I mean, I guess maybe if it's like if she did open for this Jake Owen and, you know, she's not supposed to like get involved with the people that she's traveling with. That's that could make sense. That checks. Maybe she did have an internal rule about age, you know, like who she should be dating or maybe it was like her team was like don't date him yeah i don't or get involved with someone that's like not like that is out of your reach kind of thing because it's all it's just gonna end badly yeah maybe she originally didn't want to date celebrities who knows okay so you smile that beautiful smile and all the girls in the front row scream your name i love the you smile that beautiful smile it's just like the twice yeah used smile i don't know i like it so dim that spotlight tell me things like i can't keep my eyes off of you i'm no one special just another wide-eyed girl who's desperately in love with you give me a photograph to hang on my wall superstar yeah and so that's where she changed it to keep i love wide-eyed girl and then we you know we get that in all too well yeah um (laughs) And I think that was the first time she used it. And it's just, it's a beautiful expression. Or, um, I mean, it's just like the person who is still full of innocence and wonderment. Is that a word? Yeah. Amazed by the world. And you know, does that make sense? Is what I'm saying making any sense? Yeah, like innocent. And then the desperation in the desperately in love with you it's really pretty and i didn't give this song enough credit like for years i like it a lot more now and i just i mean doesn't it take you back to like those teen beats well that's what i'm saying yeah like that's that's the only thing the nostalgia is what what does it for me for the song but i don't know if i if the nostalgia for this era is as strong as like other of her other nostalgic songs yeah like 15 yeah um, but my favorite lyric is the next one, which is morning loneliness comes around when I'm not dreaming about you. Because I, that is the nostalgia I, I specifically remember as like a teenager, you know, like when you drift off to sleep, it's like those moments, those are the times that you can like dream about your crush or like think about things that could be. And I do, I have that that feeling, I specifically remember having that feeling of, oh, now morning's here and I have to be back in reality kind of thing. Like, I'm not going to have time during my day to think these, like, fake thoughts. Mm, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Or I'm even thinking, like, in the morning when I was getting ready for school and I had a crush on someone being like, oh, maybe I'll see them today and imagining what you're going to say, you know? Yeah, see, I I was uh, I couldn't do that when I was, like, awake. It had to be, like, with the lights off when I'm drifting off to sleep. Imaginary. Otherwise, reality sets in. Yeah. I I think I just went to sleep with my little CD player for years and years at night. I just had my headphones and my CD player. And that's how I went to sleep. I could never do that. Hillary Duff or let's see, maybe there was some Shakira. 
Um, Death Cab for Cutie. Death Cab for Cutie, I loved. But how do you fall asleep to Shakira or Hilary Duff? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Those are like bops. (laughs) Ones that you got to find the slower ones. Okay, so then she goes, when my world wakes up today, you'll be in another town. And I knew when I saw your face, I'd be counting down the ways to see you. And you smile that beautiful smile. And all the girls in the front row scream your name. It kind of repeats itself here. Sometimes I sing sing your name. All the girls in the front row sing your name. Oh, that, that, I mean, that fits. Mm-hmm. So my favorite lyric in this song was that, um, we, how did we not get to it? What, am I, am you I just, missing a page? Oh, yeah, this is the page you're missing. I have it. Erin is <laughs> missing. I was like, how are we through this song already? Okay, well, I'll just tell you when we get there. You can read them. So dim that spotlight. Tell me things like I can't take my eyes off of you. So she uses take here. I'm no one special, just another wide-eyed girl who's desperately in love with you. Give me a photograph to hang on my wall, superstar. Um, And then the next verse is – so that was the chorus again. Yeah. The next verse is you played in bars. You play guitar. I'm invisible, and everyone knows who you are, and you'll never see – you sing me to sleep every night from the radio. Is that your favorite lyric? Yeah. Yeah. That you'll never see you sing me to sleep. Because, I mean, that's like what I'm saying, like listening to those people on my Walkman when I was younger. And also, it's just so dreamy and romantic and (laughs) wild that now the roles are so reversed. I have next to this, I wonder if she cringes when she has to sing these lyrics again. Sorry. <laughs> because she's so over it? She's- no, not over it, but just like you played in bars, you play guitar. Like, that's just oh, so simplistic. Yeah. But I do definitely vibe with Taylor on the being attracted to someone who is a musician or an artist. Like, I have always wanted to be with people who play an instrument. Like, yeah. You know, and now my husband plays, are you ready for it? Guitar, mandolin, and banjo. <laughs> There we go. We're a folk family. <laughs> um, but Morgan, I was going to say you should know that because the twins came up here and I know, played we're playing with him. I thought they did a good. He was like they did a really good job, like holding on when I told them, you know, don't drop it, and like holding <laughs> them properly and strumming. And then I think your oldest son came downstairs and was like, "Mom, I'm, I played guitar." No, yeah, he was talking about it the other day. He said he wants to play the ukulele because. Aaron's husband has one. Yeah. Does he know his name? Well, I then said Gabe and she said, he said, oh yeah, Gabe. Yeah. Have you had that? Is Have you experienced that? Like infatuation for- Oh, for sure. People who make music? But mostly like just that like rock star infatuation because they can write really good lyrics. You know what I mean? Like the musical yeah. side, the like artistic side for sure. Like, I mean, it's attractive. Yeah. My, that first boyfriend I told you about eighth grade to 10th grade, he played guitar and he is the one who introduced me to Death Cab for Cutie and like Ben Folds and all of that. And before that, I had just been listening to like pop and like 18s, like <laughs> ABBA, like stuff like that. And so that was the first time I was like, oh, this is like real music. Yeah. Which I don't want to fully diss other types of music because I love pop, but that was a big point in my life. And he would sing me those songs and play Death Cab songs on the guitar. And I just died. I was. <laughs> died dead died dead <laughs> died dead anyways moving on so then it's the chorus again and we end 
and we end. So this was number 108 on my giant ranking system, and I gave it 70 out of 100 personal fates. I gave it 60 out of 100 photographs on my wall. Oh, I meant to say earlier, that also reminds me of um, Anne Frank, and she had all her... That's sl- really depressing. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. I went to the Anne Frank house in Amsterdam. Amsterdam yeah. The first time I tried to go, it didn't work out. So then second, the next time I was in Europe, I was like, absolutely have to go. And it was when Gabe and I did that giant trip throughout oh, yeah. Europe and got engaged. I was like, we have to go to the Anne Frank house. That's literally all I care about going to Amsterdam for. And it ended up being really fun anyway. The people there are so Oh, nice. I love Amsterdam. Like, it's wild. Because I don't know if this happened to you, but they were like, if you even just look confused for a second, people will like stop and go out of their way to be like, how can we help you get somewhere? Yeah. No, they're very nice. <laughs> Have you eaten at this restaurant before? Can we recommend something? But um, and the Heineken place was really cool, too. We got bottled and brewed. It was it was wild. Um, but anyways. Uh, Why does it remind you of the Anne Frank house? It, on her wall, she had all those little clippings of celebrities and she would write about – I've read that book like so many times because my – you know, my great-grandfather yeah. immigrated here during World War II. So when I was little, I just was like, this is, you know, a way for me to – we're not practicing. Like my family is – my grandpa was not a practicing um, Jew. Is that the way to say it? Yes. Um, and so – we did sometimes like random meals or things like that, but it was like a way to connect with that. I also had like a deep phase of reading about Hitler for that was maybe un- unhealthy, but <laughs> I loved Diary of Anne Frank and she would always clip out those celebrity things and like write on them, write on their pictures and put it on her wall. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason I wanted to put pictures of people on my walls too. I was like, I want to be like Anne Frank, <laughs> but not die. <laughs> oh, depressing (laughs) oh and when we went to that museum gabe went in there and we got separated at one point and i was in there for four hours and he went through it in two and so he was outside and he couldn't go back in because you'd have to get another ticket and it takes you have to if you all try to go you need to buy your tickets like months in advance which is why i couldn't go the first time um and so he was outside waiting for two hours Wow. For me to come out. But I was like, I don't know if I'll ever get to come here again. You know, like I was really experiencing it. Long side note. Maybe we'll cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) It's our last episode, though. I mean, of music. So. For season one. Yes. Moving on. Uh, Oh, tell me why. We have some theories and things. So. I just wanted to start off with the fact that I did a Twitter poll to see if people prefer Untouchable or Superstar, and 90% voted for Untouchable and 10% voted for Superstar. Uh, checks with us. Okay. Um, and then also I've seen speculation and people just saying, like, with no real reasons, just like people want 1989 to come out on August 13th. Didn't you have a different date? Um, previously august like i think six or eight yeah it was the whatever was on the merch yeah. thing um and then we also had a listener write us on twitter that she her name on twitter is k dot a g u she's writing a book called untouchable and it's inspired by all the songs from fearless oh wow and it's a lesbian romance novel and i think it's like short 
stories based on each song. That's great. Yeah. So I was like, hey, if you get this published, when you get this published, you know, like, let us know if you want us to tell people about it. So I'm I'm just telling you even now, y'all, it sounds amazing. And hopefully, if you have any info on how she can get published, maybe you could tweet at her and help her. Anywho, that's it. Taylor Trivia? Taylor Trivia. What are we doing for that? Uh, do you have the website? If not, I have a this or that. Yeah, do a this or that. Okay. Fearless or mine? Mine. Okay. Teardrops on my guitar or don't you? Don't you? Mm-hmm. I knew you were going to say that. Mr. Perfectly Fine or Picture to Burn? Mr. Perfectly Fine. Oh, okay. I don't know what this stands for. W-A- Oh, we are never getting back together. <laughs> Sometimes I'm slow on those. We are never getting back together or trouble. Trouble. Okay. Willow or illicit affairs? Illicit affairs. Betty or August? Betty. Okay. Do Interesting. You want, do you want me to ask you? Blank space or look what you made me do? I'm just ignoring you. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, blank space. Okay. Lover or me? Lover. <laughs> Best day or Mary song? Best day. Oh, Mary song is so good. I know you love that song. Do you want me to do this? I don't think I can pick. Uh, fearless or mine? Mine. Teardrops on my guitar or don't you? Teardrops on my guitar. Mr. Perfectly Fine or Picture to Burn? Uh, picture to Burn. Wow. We have very different ones thus far. We are never getting back together or trouble. Uh, we are never getting back together. Are we answering all the opposite? <laughs> Except for fearless and mine, yeah. Willow or illicit affairs? Uh, illicit affairs. Betty or August? <sighs> August. Blank space or look what you made me do? Blank space. Lover or me? Lover. Best day or Mary song? Best day. But okay. Mary's song is very good. <laughs> it's so hard because I want to like defend every song that I like vote, that you voted vote against, against. Except yeah. for me, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, that was fun. So uh, we are planning to do one wrap up episode. So, you know, you'll see that coming out where we're just going to talk about the season and maybe do some games or something. Um, and otherwise, this is the end of season one. As of right now, our next plan is, you know, is uh, contingent on her next album release. And so right now we just believe that it's probably going to start up again after Red is released in November. Right. Which would put us releasing probably in December because we have to record a few episodes. We can't turn them around that fast. No. You kind of need to have some in the queue. They give you time for scheduling, like, you know, stuff that happened with – we we – we tried to be really quick with the fearless release, which is why we sort of got in a situation that we did this year where we had to take a break. But um, Morgan had sort of like series of unfortunate events. Yeah. And so we just we took a, a brief hiatus. But we're, um, we hope you enjoy the second half of this. Yes. And we're. Oh, my gosh. It's so fun to be back together. 
And uh, hopefully we'll see you sooner. But if not, uh, we'll see you in December. Yeah. And if you haven't already followed us on social media by now, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to say those anymore. Oh, bye. Bye. Bye.